Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. think how important it is to worship and as I was just studying and praying in there in my office the scripture came to me in 1 Samuel 4 man verse 5 and 6 and when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp all Israel shouted with a great shout (laughs) so that the earth rang again so I don't know but it sounds like there was a ringing in the earth that must have come kind of silent. And the Lord said, there's time, it's time that there needs to be another ringing in the earth. So I'm going to bring my presence back, come on, and I'm going to make my people shout and worship one more time. Verse 6, now listen, I'm going to tell you, you may think that what you do don't affect anybody. But I'm going to tell you that what you do in service affects everybody around you and sometimes on the outside of the church. Verse 6. And when the Philistines heard the noise, you think it isn't important to make a noise? The Bible said to make a joyful noise unto the Lord all your lands. What meaneth? The noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews. Come on. Whoa. And they understood. Come on now. That the ark of the Lord was come into the camp. Now I'm going to tell you, it is important for us to be heard. Come on. I'm not, I don't believe in just getting out here and showing off, but I'm telling you. That there is times that if we would just get out and start worshiping the Lord. And there is times, well, I don't feel that. Well, maybe you ought to do it anyway. Because you do it a time or two and you'll start feeling it. That's the way the Lord works. Oh, glory. That's not my message, but maybe part of it after a while. Amen. I'm going to turn to Genesis chapter number 25. It's nothing new. It's something that's been preached over and over in our years. Probably Brother Mason's preached about it. I know Pastor McGee's preached about it. And Bishop's probably, over the last 20 plus years, hard telling how many times you've heard about it. But maybe I'll preach it in a different way. Genesis chapter 25. Nothing new. It's the same old scripture. Same new scripture. It's new every morning. Amen. It's new every morning. Hallelujah. Genesis 25, verse 32. In fact, let's just drop back to 31. Even though it isn't up there, I'm going to drop back to 31. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. Verse 32. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread, pottage of lentils, and did eat and drink, and rose up 
and he went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word, for the presence of God, for the songs of Zion, oh God. I'm asking, Lord, for anointing to fill this sanctuary. God, I'm standing in oneness of you tonight, Lord, to hear from heaven, Lord, for this church, to encourage, to strengthen us tonight, Lord. Through the Holy Ghost, I pray that you would anoint the lips of clay tonight. Open up my ears and let me hear what you say unto me as I speak, O oh God. Bless this church. Encourage this church. Lift it up, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. And you can be seated in the name of Jesus. I want to speak to you a while tonight on this subject. I want to speak on trading the eternal for the temporal. Trading the eternal for the temporal. I'm here to tell you tonight, church, that the devil is always, always, always reaching for your birthright. He will offer you a moment's satisfaction for your eternal bliss. And there has been a many a person that has traded you know, the scripture said that he sold his birthright, but the truth is, if you want to really look at the scripture, he didn't sell it, he traded it. There was a trade that took place there. I want you to know that he will encourage you to trade your God-given time for a pleasure of this world. He will tell you it's all right to hold back your tithe and your offering for some of your wants and pleasures that God understands. Yeah, come on. After all, you've worked hard and haven't gotten anything for yourself just lately. So God understands. Just this once, you know, it won't hurt. I'll just, I'll just hold back a little bit. Amen. Hallelujah. I did help so-and-so this week. You know, I, I helped them. Hallelujah. That can be my ties for this week. But I'm here to tell you and set you straight tonight that doing things for people, even though it may cost you some money, is not paying ties to God. If you think I'm going to preach on money, that's probably the last you'll see of that in this sermon. But the truth is, let me tell you, there is always a trade that's going on when Satan comes to you. He never wants to sell you anything. He hasn't got anything to sell. But he wants to trade you something that he says looks better and will more pleasure you than what you've got. He'll make you look to the world and he'll say the grass is greener on the other side. But what he don't tell you, saints, is he don't tell you that on the other side of the fence, the grass is deeper than it is over here and you're going to have to mow it. Hallelujah. 
He wants to trade you something that looks better. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to tell you that. Satan wants to trade you out of your blessing. <laughs> he will say, it's a trade. It's a trade here. I'm, I don't expect you to do this for nothing. I'm going to trade you something. Glory. Hallelujah. I'll, 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 Brother Mason, for that great talent, all that piano playing you do and, and all of that, I'll trade you a life filled full of bliss. You'll be popular. The world will like what you have. And I'm going to tell you, before long, you're going to be knowing all over. I'm going to trade you all of this for your bliss. Young people, he'll come to you and he'll say, I'm going to give you the greatest night of your life. I'll trade you this. I'll give you that young man or that young lady, you know, that is so beautiful that everybody is wanting him or her. They, in fact, they'll become to look so much better to you than they ever was because you had never noticed it before. Let me tell you, Eve had never noticed the tree in the garden till the serpent brought it to her attention. I'm going to tell you, he'll trade you out of your blessing. He'll trade you out of your walk with God and you'll never have communion with God again because you've traded off your blessing. Oh, hallelujah. Looks at your neighbor and say, he wants to trade. I want us to take a long look at Satan's tactics. In 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 1 through 3. Hallelujah. And it came to pass after these things, that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard which was in Jezreel. It was hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs. Now this is just like the devil. Listen, because it is dear unto my house. And I'll give for it a better vineyard than it. Well, that sound like a devil. He's, a, he's in a trading business. He don't want to sell. He's trading. I'll give you something for it. If it seem good to thee, I'll give thee the worth of it in money. I'll buy it or I'll trade. You're not going to be without something, though. I'm going to give you something better, more money than it's worth. <laughs> Glory. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. Let me tell you something. He may paint you a pretty picture of the vineyard and tell you I've got something that's better. But I'm going to tell you, I don't care if you've got a straggly vineyard. If God give it to you, it's going to multiply and he's going to bring it to greatness no matter what the enemy says to you. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. 
Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. How many times in our life, Sister McGee, has the devil tried to, to trade us out of our vineyard? Come on. I'll give you something better. Come on now. Hallelujah. I know we're getting older and all that, but I can remember back in the early years when we done a lot of singing, our family done a lot of singing, and we would hear things like this, Sister McGee, say, you all ought to make you a tape. Man, you could sell. You know what? That's all right. And, and there's nothing wrong with gospel singing and doing that. But I have watched a lot of people that when they made their first tape, after a while they began to sing and churches, yeah. Yes, sir. They was gospel singers. They sung in every kind of church and the Spirit of God was no longer with them. There was no anointing. You know why? They traded off their blessing for a temporal thing. Huh. Oh. Hallelujah. Sister McGee never and I never has made a tape. Not sorry. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't sing much anymore. Probably a good thing. Run everybody off anyway. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something, church. The devil is out to trade you a vineyard. Come on. Hallelujah. You know, I believe he's in the vineyard business because all you got to do is watch the news. Come on, you can turn on the TV and just watch the news, and that's basically Sister McGee and I's TV. The news, the weather. We want to see what it's going to do tomorrow, what it's going to be tonight, but I'm going to tell you, in the process of all of that, somewhere during that, you'll see the devil trying to sell you a vineyard. Come on, something better. You ought to try this. You ought to try that. I'm going to tell you something. I've got something I tried. I've proved it, and it's working. It's still working today. Come on. Fifty-some years later, it's still working, church. Come on. God's still real. He's still doing miracles. He's still ministering to people. He's still working in the church. He's still bringing in souls. He's still working through Brother and Sister Mason. He's still moving through Pastor McGee. Our pastor didn't have to come back home to pastor. He often told me he probably never come back to home church to pastor. I just kept on praying. I didn't bug him about it. I just kept on praying. Oh, hallelujah. Let me tell you, it still works. Come on, too many times, church, we forget that prayer still works. The first year goes by and we say, he didn't answer it, he's not going to answer it. I'm going to tell you, sometimes it don't even come in our lifetime. Mama put out many prayers. You all, come on. There are some people that sitting in here that my mom is your grandma. Hallelujah. And she put out prayers for some of you. Some of you, see, she didn't come in. But I'm going to tell you, there was a lot of prayers that Mama put out that she didn't see come to pass. But in 1996, after Mama died in December of 1995, Brother Freddie, we started seeing Mama's prayers poured out. And God began to answer prayer in the church and bring in the family. I said he's still real. He's trying to trade you a vineyard that's not real. But you got a vineyard. I don't care what it looks like. It's going to be great. 
I hear already hear the negative spirits in my mind. Yeah, yeah, what am I? What good am I? What am I doing? What, what, what am I doing at church? What, what have I really accomplished? I'm going to tell you, you need to get out in your vineyard and you need to break up the fallow ground. Come on. All some of it needs is just a stirring in the soil. Some of your family needs to hear about Jesus. You need to begin to dig in the soil a little bit. You need to be talking to your neighbors. Come on. You need to be handing some cards out. Denominal pastor. A good friend of mine. He's been in our middle church. I don't know. He might have been here too. I think he has. He's now pastoring. Him and I graduated together. We were good friends. In fact, we even went to Sunday school together. Because our church didn't have Sunday school at that time in Kingsburg. I come in. I went to the Trinitarian when here in town. They knew what I believed. They wasn't going to shake me. And they loved me enough with Brother Fred and I sung on the radio station. There was no animosity between us. They accepted us. I accepted them, but not their doctrine. And we sung the glory of the Lord. Come on, church. I'm telling you about what God will do if you'll walk in His ways, if you will just stir up the fallow ground. Come on. There's some of you that need to stir up your ground. You need to get out the shovel. It's Come on. It's, you know how it is. The ground gets hard. You can't get the shovel in. It'd be a lot easier if you just go out there once in a while and stir up the ground. Come on. That's what we need to do in this church. We need to break up the fallow ground. Come on. We need to get our holes out. We need to hold the ground every day. I seen him today. Amen. Here a while back, he retired from his job. And he told me, he said, you know, I, I can do this now. I'd like to come by and visit you all. So, well, come on by. You know, you're, you're always welcome. He said, well, I want to do that. Well, today, I rem, you know, I reminded him of that. He's now pastoring. He said, yeah, I've, I've not forgot that. Have you got a card or something? Oh, 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 I'm glad you ask. I pulled out my little card, and I give it to him, and then I pulled out the pastor's card, the church card, and I give that to him. I started handing him cards. I want you to know it's got the service times and all of that. Bishop, what in the world are you doing? I'm breaking up fallow ground. Come on, I'm softening up all the way around him because I know he's not living everything he knows to live. Come on now. Come on, he can go farther. Come on, you've met up with people that knows more than they're living. It's time to break up the fallow ground. It's time to get out of the business. It's time to tell them truth. Oh, oh Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. I done a terrible thing. I laid that watch down there. I didn't even look what time it was, and I started. Uh, you may be here a while. Hallelujah. Whew. Oh, the Lord forbid me that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. You know what? We need to get used to saying that to Satan. 
I can hear him, Brother Andy. He's saying, buddy, I'll send you that gal. She'll sit on your lap, buddy. And I'm telling you, it'll make your heart spin and your eyes will go around and around till you can't stop them. It'll make you dizzy. I'll trade you that, Brother Andrew, for that walk with God, that, that going to church, you know, that pfft, go there and, pfft, you know, yeah, you got cousins there. Where's that? Oh, yeah, I know. You got one in Ohio. As long as you're in church here and up there, and that girl's in church, because if she drops out of church, Pastor going to be talking to you, or Bishop, or some of us, or both of us, or all of us. Come on, church. I'm talking about breaking up your fallow ground, but he wants to trade you a vineyard that looks so much better than where you're at right now. Sir, Brother D. Priest, well, I always say, Better be careful. Here comes the priest. Oh, church, let me tell you something. We better watch it. He'll, he'll, he'll give you a job playing drums or, or, or a guitar. Come on. The bass guitar for a worldly outfit. Come on. One that's not singing Christian songs. Come on. I said he'll give you a job and it'll look so good because you're before people. But I want to tell you, church, there is something beyond here that's eternal. That's much better than where we're at. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just as Ahab wanted Naboth's vineyard, and promised him a better one. Satan wants your vineyard and he promises you a better one. Knowing all the while that he cannot furnish you with a better vineyard than you already have. I'm here to tell you, church, this is as good as it gets. Come on. Hallelujah. You say, well, it isn't very good. Well, it's only because we haven't made it good. Come on. We haven't broke up no fallow ground. We haven't thrown no fertilizer down. We haven't done nothing to help the ground. Come on. We haven't won, won some souls on the outside lately. We need to bring some brand new people into the church. Come on. We need to get a hold of our neighbors. We need to get a hold of people at McDonald's. Uh, come on. Wherever you eat. I'll, I'll let you all go to Twin Rivers and... And I'll let you all go to the, uh, you know, to the Applebee's and all of them because you can afford that. And I'll let you go and you, you witness to them. Glory. Was, was, this not the, was this not the sin in the garden? Huh? One tree looked better than the whole garden. She never did see it that way till Satan brought it to her attention. And then, then as she's seen that, Brother Mason, you know, it's like this is a possible trade. It's God, this, this, this looks good, you know. It, it, it looks good for food and, you know, it, it's, it's a tree to be a desirable. And Oh, yeah, come on now. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Achan, Achan. I mean, Ahab, he, he, he said, I'll, I'll give you, 
I'll give you a, 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 better, a better one. I said, this, this one's better. Oh, Lord. This, this, this garden, in the, in the Garden of Eden, what a precious garden. But there's something in the midst of it that they cannot have. And, and, and Satan says, come on, I'll, I'll give you this for the whole garden. When you get this, honey, you won't need the rest because you'll know between good and evil and all of that. Hallelujah. Oh, and then there was the sin of Achan, the garments of silver and gold that looked better than the promised land to him. Come on. Hallelujah. They looked so good that he hid it away. He couldn't wear them. He couldn't spend the money. Everybody knew it was him, so he hid it away just to every now and then uncover it and say, man, isn't that pretty? Oh, probably hoping now, I don't know, his wife, whether she knew it, whether she didn't, probably did, probably, I don't know, who knows. Not every man tells their wife everything. Not every woman tells her husband everything. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it looked good. And it looked better than the promised land to him. So he hid them away even though he couldn't use them. He couldn't do anything with them. And let us not forget Judas who sold our Savior for 30 pieces of silver. The silver looked better. Come on, it looked better. It was a trade. It wasn't I'll sell him. I'm going to give you a trade. I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. I'll trade you this silver if you'll just show me who he is so I can arrest him. And he sold our Savior for 30 pieces of silver. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, Satan wants you to trade your inheritance away. He don't want to sell it to you. He wants to trade you something for it. He wants to trade you something for it. So let's take a look. I want to take a look at Esau. See, Esau was, was a man that his heart was not where it should be. That's why he traded. It's because his heart wasn't right. Esau preferred the present to the future. Did he not? He preferred the sensual to the spiritual. He preferred the near and the certain to the distant and the probable. He didn't want to wait on his blessing. He wanted it right now. Come on, church. There is too many of us in the church, in the system of the church, that we're saying, what I see is way down the road, but this is right here, right now. Maybe I ought to take this. I'm going to tell you, don't trade your vineyard off for something that may look worse than yours down the road. Come on. Don't trade your blessing for something that's only going to last for just a little while. And when the money's gone and all is gone, you have to try to hunt Jesus up again. He'll trade you a, a, a year or two of good time for your blessing. But in that two years... You gain 20 years in age because you live the hard life. Come on, church. Oh, God, help me. How many have we seen go down that road? Beautiful young ladies. Come on. Handsome young men. 
that have went down that road and a few years down the road they look like they'd gained 10 years on their life. You know why? Because they lived it to their fullest. Yet today, if they had not went down that road, they wouldn't have lost, come on, all of the things. They wouldn't have looked 10 years older. In fact, Possibly looking 10 years younger. Come on. Hallelujah. You haven't aged a bit. How many times have you heard that of a child of God that's been walking with God down through the years? And it had nothing more to do only with the life that they had lived. Some had lived in the fast lane. And they had aged fast. And some had walked with God. And God blessed them because they did. And he took years off of their face. Oh, feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So Esau preferred the near and the certain to the distant and the probable. Esau, in trading his birthright for a bowl of pottage. Let me tell you, that wasn't all that he traded. As I began to read this, and I believe Pastor even brought something out, maybe in his teaching. Uh, amen. But it, but it came to me that when I began to think upon it and study that Brother Daniel, he did not just trade away his birthright. You don't know what all that involved, but if you want to think back, he traded away his, his Abraham covenant. Come on, because that covenant was passed down. Come on. And he traded away that covenant that was made to Abraham that in thy seed all the earth shall be blessed. Come on. Church, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and say I'm a part of the church of the living God. Uh, hallelujah. And the families of the earth are going to be blessed by the lineage of my people that will walk with me. Hallelujah. Let me tell you. The only way Mount Carmel is going to have revival is through the apostolic church. Come on now. I'm not saying other churches had not got something. Let me tell you something. Yeah, they've got something. And I've, we talked to a dear lady the other day that talked to my wife, and we found out she was brought up as a Mormon. And she talked to us the other day, her and her husband, and she was so excited. She had come out of that and went into a Christian church because their eyes was open because some prophecies had been made and they haven't come true. Come on. And they were told, and she told us, oh, it makes me feel so good. I can come to you all's church and visit now. We weren't allowed to go to any other church. You know why? They didn't want to hear truth. They didn't want them to hear truth. You stay in this vineyard. Come on, I'm going to tell you, there is a better vineyard than the devil's. You need to step over into God's vineyard. Come on, church. We need to break up the fallow ground. Begin to talk and said, Our eyes has been open. We weren't allowed to we were not allowed to read the Bible. The King James had to read their Bible. You know, it reads different. You want to <laughs> Oh, yes, it does. It don't read like ours. It don't tell truth. Hallelujah. We weren't allowed. Said we be, we've been reading it. Said at our church, they've been teaching things. So we're just every day, we're just so happy that we've got out of all that mess and now we're free to worship God. Come on. There is something better. Come on, church. Let me tell you, we have got what it takes. We have got what the world needs today. We need to break up the fallow ground and preach this word of God wherever we can.
Hallelujah. 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 He didn't just trade for a bowl of pottage, but he gave away the promise of Abraham and all the line of Abraham. I'm in that promise. You're a part of that promise. It's been, pro come on, in you. Everybody say in me. All the families of the earth is going to be blessed. Come on, so I know. I see right now there's some of you that you're, you don't want to say that because you just feel like you're just not there yet. You're, how can I be a blessing to anybody? But I'm going to tell you, you feeling that down spirit and that I'm not worthy spirit, you need to say it. Come on. Come on. Come on, let's say it. In me, the families of the earth are going to be blessed. And I'm so excited after y'all said that because some of them are in me, the families of the earth are going to be blessed. You know, like how, who, yeah, yeah, right. Come on, church. Don't trade your eternal inheritance for something that's just temporal. There is sin, there is pleasure in sin. But it only lasts for a season. I don't know. Have you ever thought about that? Seasons change. Spring comes and goes. Falls here and next around the corner is winter. We begin to feel it in the air. And some of us say, oh my, and I am. I don't mind spring. I don't mind summer. I don't mind fall. But I hate winter with a passion. And the older I get, the more I don't like it. I'm going to tell you, sir, church, thank God, even for the beautiful snow outside that I can sit in and watch while you're all going to work. I never, ever thought I could like snow, but I do now. I can look out my front door and it's a foot deep, and I say, oh, bless God, I don't have to go. Bless them, Lord. Woo! Get them there safely, Lord. I'm praying for you. Grinning all the time. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Genesis 12, 3. And I will bless them that bless thee. Come on, the promise, church. I'll bless them that bless thee. Curse him that curseth thee. And in thee... Shall all the families of the earth be blessed? Oh, glory, we need to read that together. Come on. You need to grasp a hold of what the Bible says for you. I will bless them that bless. Come on, hell, where are you at? Them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. In thee. Everybody said in me. The blessing of all the families of the earth come through the birthright. Esau gave it up. Seeing no good in it. What will it do for me? I'm going to tell you what it will do for you. It will give stars in your crown. Come on. You're going to be decorated with it. Come on church. Oh glory. Hallelujah. That old song. 
Will there be any stars in your crown? I know it's too old for y'all to remember. Sister McGee and I remember, and a few probably a few of us. Sister Jessup, I'm sure she remembers that old song. She's having to think. Oh, Lord, help her. I know how that is. Glory. I'm going to tell you, church, we are a part of the same promise that could have been Esau's had he not traded off for a bowl of pottage and some bread. Come on. And you, you begin to check that out. A bread of pottage and lentils. Just look that over. It don't even sound very good to me, brother. Yet I know it was a part of their, their diet back in those times. But I want you to think about Esau was a great hunter. He could have come back with some meat. Come on. And it wouldn't have been porridge, honey. It could have been a steak. Come on. You hear me, church? And we're sitting here and we're trading our steak for a bowl of pottage out in the world that it don't even taste good. It won't fill your hunger. But, honey, you can sit down at this steak and you can savor it and take your time eating it and you'll enjoy every minute of it. Yet we trade it off for a moment's pleasure. This God, I believe I'll go to the dance tonight. I'll hear some of that good old, you know, George Jones and Tammy Wynette and all this junk. I'll, I'll get into that a little bit. I know. See, some of you know about that. Well, maybe not. Glory. Or the hard rock. I know some of that. Jesus is my rock. Glory. He's my sword. He's my shield. He's a wheel in the middle of the wheel. Come on. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and the morning star. In him I live and I move and I have my being. Woo! How much better can you get than that? He takes care of my life. He wakes me up in the morning. You just thought the alarm clock woke you up. I want to tell you, it was Jesus that woke you up this morning. If he hadn't awoken you, you'd still be asleep. Glory. Brother Zach, he's been your protection, my son. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. When the storm come, Brother Zach called home and said, pray for me. And the church prayed. I didn't hear no more about it, so the storm must have went over. Or he took Brother Zach through the storm, and he was all right. Come on. Hallelujah. Don't trade off your heavenly heritage. Come on. For a temporal thing that only lasts for a night's pleasure and be gone. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Galatians 3 and 9. I'm trying to come to a close, but it isn't happening. And if you be Christ... Then you're Abraham's seed. Huh? Promise? 
and heirs according to the promise. Glory. Yet we look at these instances right now, and many of you have looked at instances through the Bible, and you have made even probably the statement, how could they say that or how could they do that? How in the world could they do that? And we don't recognize ourselves as trading away our promise. Yet many times we have. I can already feel it. How you figure. How you think. Come on, church. I'm going to tell you, church. It's time for fathers to plead the blood over their children. Come on. If you know a child or a youth that don't have a father or mother to pray over them, you need to plead the blood over them. Come on. Every child needs somebody pleading the blood. There is people, that's children that are running these streets that don't have a mom or a dad that knows God. We need to plead the blood over them. Come on. Come on. We need to pray that Satan will not trade them. Come on. A temporal thing when they can have an eternal blessing. Oh, Jesus, I don't know. But as I began to study this, God began to work on me and I began to weep and think how many children is outside of the ark of God. Come on, that are going down wrong roads. Some of them have even sat in this church and we're watching them as they go, Brother Mason, down a wrong road when we ought to get together on a night off maybe and have a prayer meeting. Come on, church. I'm talking about... God began to deal with me. Come on, Sister McGee, we began to talk about it. It might be time in our church. We got some people that's got some deadly disease in here that's working on them that has to miss church because of it all the time. It may be time that we have a good old prayer meeting where everybody, come on, where all of us would have enough of compassion to get together and pray for those that's in need. Your family. My two daughters, my children, come on. That's backslidden. Pastor's daughter should never backslide. I'm going to tell you, that's the ones the devil works on the hardest. When they get out from under your roof, you never know what's going to happen. You know, that's why you want to plead the blood. Every time you kneel down to pray, you need to plead the blood over your children. Come on, I don't care what age they are. They don't, come on. I said, come on. Hallelujah. Oh, something going on right in our city. Just heard about it from my grandson. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Up on the street, you know, the, the, the street where those people live, where everybody wants to go and, and uh, do their Halloween and, and do their... You know, getting their candy. You know, they go Cherry Street. Brother, Sister Mason knows all about it. They'll, you know, come on. There, the, the 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 lady beside him said it's easy for her to spend five hundred dollars, hand out five hundred dollars worth of candy in a night. So what you do is you go hide and turn your light off. Either that or you open up your Bible like my mom and dad used to do, Brother Cruzy, and they tell you how come they didn't do it. Is that right? He, he, yes, sir, said mom and dad, he set him right down between them on that little couch and, and he had to listen to the story.
Come on. They're both both gone on to be with the Lord. But I'm going to tell you, Brother Cruz, he is a child, heard the story. He knows why. Come on, church. I'm telling you, break up the fallow ground. We need to teach some things we haven't been teaching. Yeah, you know why? You can decorate for Halloween. That's a devil's night out. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to decorate for Jesus. I'm going to come into his house, and I'm going to praise him. That's decoration of praise. I'm not knocking some of you that never maybe ever heard that message. You don't know, that's all right. But you've heard it from the bishop now. Come on. I'm sorry. It's not ghosts and goblins. The only ghost I know is the Holy Ghost. And that's the Spirit of God dwelling in me. It's something you can feel. You don't have to be scared of. It'll whine you and dine you. It'll make you feel good. Hallelujah. I got to hurry up. Hallelujah. I know you're all saying yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Need to plead the blood over those that don't have anybody to plead the blood over them. Uh, hallelujah. I really don't think we recognize the privilege of our worship. In fact, can I say it this way? I'm going to say it. I'm just going to get straight with you. I don't think we realize and recognize the privilege of worship as a privilege. We take for granted that we can got a house of God that we can go in and we can feel the presence of the Lord and He comes in here in our midst in a great manner. Come on. And we can feel Him. We take that for granted. Oh, in fact, we don't view it as a privilege, but it's a duty. Well, that's God's church and I guess we go to church. Oh, I'm just too tired tonight. I've got a headache. Oh, my leg hurt my back. I hurt it today. Oh, Jesus. Oh, glory. It's a duty. But if we love God as we say we do, we'll worship Him with love. Oh, glory. How many times has the great privilege of coming to the church and worshiping our God exchanged for something else? Even at the smallest, very smallest opportunity, a country walk with someone, Boy, it's getting quiet. A chat with a friend who happens to drop by on church night. A night out when you had all week. A headache that you have, but you went to work with because that was a duty. But to church, it's not a duty. Yet there is no duty owed to God. What's he done for me? Come on. So we settle for something that satisfies the flesh, the temporal, just for a little bit. Long enough for church to be over. Or even half through. Well, I can't go now because it's been in the middle and I don't want to be, you know, walk in in the middle. Lord, help that you would even come. Oh, yeah. So we settle for what satisfies the flesh. 
And I'm closing. Brother Mason, Sister Mason, you can come. And I end with this tonight, a question that I want to propose to you. And I want you to look at it long and hard. Not too long that you don't repent first, though. Lately, have you been trading your eternal blessing for something that's just temporal? Temporal. I've seen people that went out and got 10 minutes of satisfaction for a life filled full of trouble. See, divorce don't just happen to marriages that just got together. But in the last several years, we're hearing of marriages that's been together for 30, 25, and 30 years that are breaking up. Come on. People goes that many years, raise children, children's out of the house. And some little old floozy makes eyes at him just right. And breaks up a happy home that God ordained. Come on, church. This don't just happen in Baptist churches and Methodist churches and Catholic churches. It's in all the churches. Statistics say that three-quarters of people in church has been divorced and remarried. Think about it. That's not just apostolic. That's in the church whole, as a whole. I'm going to tell you, what you've got can't be bought. The Bible says to buy it and sell it not. So if I understand that scripture right, it's not just saying buy it and sell it not. Don't trade it off either. Don't get rid of it. You've got to keep that which I've committed under your hand. That's what the Bible says. I'm going to ask you this. How much do you owe to God? I'm not talking about money. How much do you owe and when are you going to pay? I'm going to tell you, we owe a big debt to God. We're privileged to come in here and feel the presence of God. This anointed, this singing that we felt tonight, it can't be bought. The world desires to have it. But they can't buy it. We just heard a story the other night. Apostolic minister came to pick up organs. And we all, there was four of us, I guess, including him. We got under them organs back there, and we put them in his truck. And he was telling about the, the prison ministry that he was in, how God had blessed the, pen, the prison ministry, and said now they were running 200 plus. 
It baptized I don't know how many. In the name of Jesus Christ, how great things God was doing. And he said a, a denominal pastor came in one night and kind of sat through the service and said he spoke to him later. And he said, I just don't understand it. How come you guys got 200 plus and we were lucky to have 40 or 50? He said, you stay for the service and I'll show you why. He said he stayed for a little while, but he couldn't stand it very long because the presence of God began to come in there. Those prisoners began to worship, dance in the Spirit. God began to move. People being filled with the Holy Ghost. Things began to happen. That's why, church. That's why. The warden or the superintendent said he come, said he wanted to be in that service, said he wouldn't come and he sat down on the front pew and it wasn't just but a little bit. He was gone, said he was out that door so quick when God began to move. But he said, you notice, I've, I've noticed since then, so they got this little room up here that they, they got cameras and things to watch, you know. And he said, every now and then, said, I'll look up there and I'll see him and he's looking. I'm going to tell you, church, you need to break up your fallow ground because what you're doing and the noise you're making makes a difference in them around you. You know why they come here? You know why they come to apostolic church? They're tired of dead, dry services. Come on. They have seen people sit on their pews. They want to see people up and enjoying the presence of the Lord. Come on. I don't know about you, but I've got something on the inside of me that when I step through the church doors, I can't hardly sit down. You know why? There's something that brings me off of that bench because there's something in me that's looking to the eternal. Come on. Oh, I done a graveside yesterday of a dear sister that sat in this church. She's gone on to be with the Lord. Come on. She was a saint. Come on. Sister Verna was one of them that walked faithfully before God and she wanted to make sure everything was all right. Come on, church. What do you owe that you ain't paid? Glory. I'm shutting up. Altars open. Stand with us. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.